I drink your milkshake. You are listening to the Billionaire Podcast Network. episode of corn fed everybody this is corn fed with dalton pruitt only on the uh the billionaire podcast network i gotta do my own station tags till we get money um the my two normal regular co-hosts are out this week kevin is still recovering from his car crash and uh sal uh who who was in the initial car crash with kevin and came out unscathed uh was it he was actually in another car crash <laughs> So now he's he's laid up in traction, but uh, I got f- filling in, uh, you know, running a backup for me, second string podcaster. <laughs> no, you're not second string. You're not second string, Drew. You're on the network now. Yeah, um, Drew Flores. What's going on, everybody? Yes, from uh, Dork Court. Dork Court and Freddie's open mic on Mondays. <laughs> and uh we we have a very a very special guest this week i'm excited we're joined uh looks like live from a uh a spencer's gifts uh we have mint salad mint how you doing i'm doing good how are you doing today doing well it's a be- sunday happy sunday as uh nancy pelosi said <laughs> a few years ago i, I think it was when she had a <laughs> old lady dementia moment um Oh, yeah, yeah. Remember that she was like Sunday, <laughs> Happy Sunday. I don't remember uh, anything. My do memory what? is a goldfish. My memory is as is as long as a goldfish. I only remember three seconds ago, and then that's it. Yeah, I'm kind of yeah. getting that way too, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my my memory's not like particularly good these days, but I I remember like key moments that I have like tattooed on me. So I have I have Sunday Sunday Happy Sunday <laughs> tattooed on me. <laughs> um, I have uh, you know, all all the favorites. Grab her by the pussy. Um, what else, Drew? Isn't, isn't Nancy Pelosi one of the? Isn't she supposed to be like a like a low key alcoholic? I know she she's, one of the ones. I think she's probably on like Klonopin or some some sort of like pills or something who knows she's old uh but we're not here to talk about politics we're here to we're here to talk to to mint here the minute you you captured the internet's imagination a few months ago with your uh you had a little star wars video go viral uh for for two reasons uh (laughs) just a couple just a a couple (laughs) a couple of reasons yeah 
Yeah, and then I think I might I might have grabbed your attention because I I had like also started <clears throat> making uh content s- similar, uh, but re- reacting to uh things of that nature, and so I did one on, for you, and uh, you I think you seem to have been flattered by it by the yeah. uh the rack reaction the, the now it's Twitter titty twisters, uh, <laughs> and so we've been following each other ever since um was that accurate (laughs) yes yes was that was that your first time going viral was that how that feel yeah uh well it was unexpected i was just like oh wow this is really blowing up oh wow it's really blowing up oh wow wow i can't believe it what how why oh it, it must be because i'm saying i'm probably saying the opinion that everyone's thinking but like I've had this opinion of just stop watching Disney Star Wars because uh, they're making it bad intentionally so YouTubers have to go to the theaters and talk about it and then, you know, it's a whole ecosystem. And I'm just like, man, I don't want to reward bad art. I just want to, I just want good art. And Disney Star Wars, not good art. Right. True. That might have been one of the reasons it went viral. Yeah, that was definitely one of them. And then uh, the shirt that I was, actually the dress I was wearing at the time, I had just done a a movie review. And then I was like, okay, well, I'm upset. I'm so upset by the Disney Star Wars. And then I was just put my phone on a whiteboard. I was leaning up against the wall. And then I just screamed at it. Uh, It literally took... It was just me screaming for like three minutes or whatever. Just, just boom. All of my thoughts just go out. Just this, they're, they're out. And then add a little bit of editing. It's surprising how far editing can go mm-hmm. to make something good. I think it was a lot of factors. It was definitely a flash, a lightning in a bottle moment, though. Not intentional, but yeah. It will happen. It's difficult to achieve longevity as a content creator, for sure. Um, but I think you, you know you you're definitely cornering that market of uh, you know you got the nerdy girl thing. You, your your handle is at autistic boobs. Yeah. So. Uh, you're, you're yeah. a good handle. Yes. Yes. It wasn't aut- taken. It was not taken when I grabbed it. I was like, "How is this not? How is this not being used at the moment?" Yeah, it's doink. It's for me now. Yeah, <laughs> but that's that's big. I'm I'm surprised. That, like I, because I it, I think it took women a long time to realize that if if they just enjoyed publicly the same things that like all the, you know, the guys who used to be condemned for enjoying those things enjoy. Oh yeah, that's that's printing money. You know, yeah, weeb girls are cleaning up right now. Yeah, like the all the girl, like all the cosplay girls and like Twitch streamer girls, all that. That's that's because a guy like me, I remember the the first time I ever met a woman who like read comic books. I was like, I I didn't even know that was possible. <laughs> I didn't know because what how, how you don't have you don't have to answer this, but like how old are you? Twenty three. You're twenty. Okay, so yeah, you're you're like a bit younger than I am. I think yeah. I think Drew and I can remember the times when they're like people like you, women like you really didn't exist. Yeah. Yeah. Like girls didn't play video games until the Sims came out and girls didn't 
I don't know when they got into like anime and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's been an, like with the internet with like the the proliferation of uh these different avenues for content, women finally figured out, you know, oh, guys actually will pay they'll pay attention to this, they'll pay me money if they can see me enjoying this stuff. And that's not to say I you man, I've watched your stuff. You, first off, you certainly do your your handles autistic boobs and you have boobs, but you also do seem autistic. Yeah. Um yeah. So I, I believe that you are genuinely uh interested in these things. You're yeah. yes. Yeah. Uh like, also the motivation for doing movie reviews, uh specifically, is that I spent my entire childhood just drawing and not watching any movies and then here I here I am uh on a movie review set, uh movie set, not movie set, a movie review sets to review the first power rangers with very famous youtuber tony from hack the movies i hadn't even watched the the uh the movie and i just went on and reviewed it and obviously i did poorly so i was like i gotta keep on reviewing movies so i can get better at reviewing movies and so basically what I'm doing now is just watching all the movies that seems that everybody in the world has already seen. So um, you've shifted I'm your good. autism into you movies. You yeah. shifted yeah. your autism into movies. Yeah, okay. I'm more specifically interested in like the this art of storytelling, the art of like shot composition, the art of like colors within a movie to illustrate the mood of that scene, a particular scene. If I'm trying to if I want to feel a certain way, then the colors will reflect that on on top of the music as uh well, like the soundtrack of a movie. There's I'm very focused on the craftsmanship of just the entire movie because it just requires so many different type of skills to even make a good movie. If you have one thing off, then it's just completely it just it just it feels like a wasted movie, like a wasted idea. Sure, That's my experience. Yeah, uh, well, a, a movie, especially like a studio movie. I mean, you know, about a thousand thousand different people working on one of them. It's a lot of moving. It's a whole you know machine. Yeah. Um, and so you, have, you know, you have to have I mean, a lot of people to care about the movie. To like, if if you have one person who does not care about their job as much as the director does, or anyone else involved in making the movie, the movie's just gonna be worse. Right, like how Alec Baldwin shot that woman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If you if you have if the armorer does not uh, care about her job, then Alec Baldwin <laughs> kills a lady. She, she yeah. tanked yeah. that whole movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's funny. Which movie he, was this for? There's a movie yet to be released. I guess it's like a western or something that Alec Baldwin's working on called Rust. And I when did this ha this happen? Like two two years ago. Now? Two years ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's still like an ongoing thing. But he had a he had a gun. There was you know like a gun on set, and it was a real gun. And the armorer on set, you know, a movie armorer is supposed to like they're the weapons expert, and right. Yeah, they're supposed to be like the John, like the John Wick behind the scenes, who understands all of this and makes sure that everything's, you know, they're running a tight ship. 
and so she hands him a gun and he for whatever the scene was he pulls the trigger and it's like killing the cinematographer <laughs> or like some some like assistant director or something uh... yeah and so it's like the last couple of years he's kind of uh been out of the um spotlight and it's been this ongoing like case and i think i think they just said that he's like gonna go to trial for some sort of manslaughter thing but the oh, way wow. it's yeah the way it's being like presented online is that like he murdered this woman like he's the bad guy and i guess he he certainly could have uh done more in the public eye as in, in terms of like showing remorse and <laughs> being yeah. like an actual human and not just being like actually jack, jack donaghy i think like, seems... it was like it was like three days after he killed her he took um like the her like widower and um her son to denny's he oh. like took him out to like a denny's three that's days a good, later. hey that's a good meal i mean hey it is a good meal it depends shout what you out, get at uh, denny's shout out <laughs> lord of the rings denny denny's menu yeah, shout out um, to the lord of the rings denny's menu oh that's what we were going to talk about because before this and man this i think this is right up your alley you'll like this uh that we drew had said that i'm like the tom bombadil of the internet <laughs> and you don't know i don't who, know what that means yeah you don't know who tom bombadil is have you have you seen the lord of the rings movies i've only seen the first one okay the so, cut specifically okay so you know what you need to know then so in the book the the fellowship of the ring the actual book this was cut from the movie this was not included in the movie mm. um there's a character early on in the the adventure that they run into that Frodo and the the fellowship uh encounter named Tom Bombadil who's like this hermit who lives in this like you know little cottage out in the woods and he's got like a fair maiden with him and he's just this very like very enigmatic figure in the book there's like you could look up like a thousand different reddit threads discussing like what Tom Bombadil is maybe mm. because he's seemingly more powerful than anyone in the story even sauron like he puts he puts the ring on at one point and it just has like no effect on him and so i get like the question you know on all the chat rooms all the forums is like why what well, you know like why couldn't he have just done this like out of anyone that could have taken that ring to the mountain why not entrust it to the guy who's ostensibly more powerful than sauron himself um uh, but it's that is it, a good question yeah, and I'm sure there's a reason for it. Like he in the book, he just is like not interested in doing it. He's just like, nah, I'm just chilling in my little cottage. Uh, but Gandalf never makes any effort to like sway him. Gandalf's like, all right, well, I guess we're gonna send this uh, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, <laughs> small man. Yeah, this small man <laughs> with no like athletic abilities or strength. Very or eager. Yeah, it must be the eagerness. Yeah. Well, you know, Frodo was qualified because he was, you know, noble and pure of heart. And though he may be tempted by the ring, uh, you know, he he had no inherently no interest in, in attaining power or anything like that. He was just a just a fellow trying to, you know, live a quiet life and bag end. Mm, you know, oh, damn dude. Yeah, bag end rock so fucking much. Dude. I'd love to live in the Shire. That's my dream, dude. Living yeah, a hole, man. A that's, hole in the oh, ground. God damn it, bro. <laughs> Having like a, a beautiful Hobbit wife. No Imagine shoes. Imagine just ever. drinking, just drinking all the beer that they make. 
It's oh, just dude. Drunk mm-hmm. constantly. Beer and mead and whatever other like World of Warcraft drinks they're drinking. Yeah, dude. Every once in a while, Gandalf comes to town, shoots off some fireworks and shit. Mm-hmm. Just chug some it's, beer. It's a good life. It's a good life. Yeah. Partying. Do you think? Do you think Gandalf? Because of the fireworks makes me think. Do you think Gandalf might have actually been Chinese? Yeah, dude. That's the hat. That was the rice hat. He was the only one that had access <laughs> to fireworks. Yeah. That's where they go but, at the uh, end of the story when they get on the boat going into the <laughs> ocean. It's like they're gonna go find China. Yeah. Yep. They're going to Taiwan. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so Mint, what yeah. is your so what what is your history with nerdum? Because I you know, I'm a I'm a fat guy who smells, so I you know I have quite the uh, relationship with all this kind of stuff. But you uh, so you, which John which uh which series like well I mean you you blew up because of Star Wars. So what when yeah. and what when and what was did star wars start for you okay so it was when the force awakens was coming out and i was like oh i haven't seen any of the star wars movies i gotta look up a search order i gotta search up a watch order for star wars and the order that the internet gave me was to watch it in the order of four five two three six and then watch one sometime just later that was literally the instructions so i i did that so i just like I just ended up just binge watching those Star Wars, and then I watched Seven. I was like, "Oh, that's pretty neat. Uh, this is, I like this movie." Uh, and then Seven, uh, Seven got played three times by three different people. Um, three different teachers played the Star Wars Seven in the classes I was going that since I was like it was like freshman year for me in high school. So I just remember them just playing it i was like man i just know seven so well now <laughs> wow who knew and then i watched one and i was like man this sucks <laughs> that phantom menace sucks uh, it's just so boring it feels like they're just trying to rip off star trek because oh let's start let's talk about the politics of let's talk po- politics of the star wars I'm like but the original star wars don't have that aspect I mean, what four and five? Sure, it has to deal with a political figure, Darth Vader and Palpatine. But it, at the center of it, it's a family story. It's it's and it's a it's a guy who's like going off into a space adventure, and then five is Luke trying to figure out part of him, trying to figure out uh, like what the like he's he's just trying to figure himself out. And then that's when the Darth Vader reveals that he's Luke's father. And I was like, oh, this is a family drama the entire time. And I didn't know until the end of the fifth movie. And then the sixth movie is just to sell toys. That's my theory. Um, the first <laughs> movie is to sell toys. Two and th- two is not very memorable, but I do like third a lot. Um, and seven is just the fourth movie, pretty much. Sure. Uh Yes. Would you agree with those analysis? Um. Uh. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. I. I don't have like a deep, deep connection to Star Wars. I when I was a boy, um, it was definitely uh still a big deal. Uh, and it wasn't as like ubiquitous as it is now because it was still like Lucasfilm, and it had been gone for years. So like anything that existed that was Star Wars, was like what had already come out, and then like all the books and stuff. 
uh and maybe like right. a video some video games here and there so i you know i i remember like 1999 my the, like the phantom menace is coming out and it's like this big big deal that this is coming back and my parents took me to see it and i think i fell asleep like half hour into it i was like i was so bored by it what the only yeah. good part of the phantom menace in my opinion has to be the pod racing Yes, the pod. This the is best pod part race. That in the Jewish alien. Yeah, the, the, yeah, the Jewish alien who's like, Ooh. what is his name? Wado or yeah, Wado. <laughs> Greedo. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, dude, but, I love Phantom Menace. I thought <sighs> I've gone back like, and watched think... it as an adult, and I I can appreciate it now for what he was like trying to do with it, where he's like really trying to open that world up and explore more of like what the like intricacies of that universe are because you know man you're right the first original movies are not necessarily even like sci-fi movies or get into any sort of a speculative speculative fiction yeah it's they're fantasy movies so it's like Mm -hmm. it's like lord of the rings in space Space operas sword and sorcery um and then, like with the prequels, you get more. You get into the more of the like, like you said, Star Trek, Star Trek, as yeah. we say down south, Star Trek, Star Trek, uh, yeah, Star Trek. And uh, so I, I've gone back and watched those as an adult, and I do like them. But the the third Revenge of the Sith is the best one because it's the closest to the originals. It's the one where it's like, all right, now we're gonna go all out and do sort yeah. of lightsaber fights again, and all this crazy stuff. <clears throat> um, what I like about the third one is that all the th- all the threads that were being um made or being built in the first two movies, they all converge at the third movie. And then it's like, oh wow, everything is falling apart. And then we have that epic uh lava planet battle with Obi-Wan Kenobi and Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. You know, um doing lightsaber duels but you know what i found really funny during that scene so uh obi-wan's famous line it's over anakin i have the high ground but and uh but in the first movie obi-wan was had the low ground and was able to defeat darth maul so the high ground doesn't mean anything Right, he's a, he's the, a Dar- the, the 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 Darth Maul fight always bothered me because Darth Maul has him. Like it, it's it's like one of those movie moments where it's like just kill him. What? Why are yeah. you waiting? <laughs> just go do what you're gonna do, and he gives him like more than enough time to like regain his strength and do like a force leap off of that whatever whatever that thing he's hanging on to, and, and then cut him in half. And it's it's like one you know it's like a Bond villain moment where it's like why are you taking your time with this, you know it's it's like a yeah. plot, what do they call it plot armor where like you know this character can't die, so yeah. they have to they have to write the movie in a way where the villain is just an, kind of an idiot. Um. Yeah. But I wish you know, I wish villains were written. I I wish the villains uh, are written not idiotically like i prefer when uh, there's a movie and we just we got the villains there and it's so tense because you don't know whether the main character is going to die or not even though you could know that the main character is going to live 
but because of how the scene is laid out it's everything's so tense and they're so close to uh getting the the protagonist then the antagonist the villain guy is, is like he's got him in a chokehold the uh, got the protagonist in the chokehold i really like that because it's like oh man how will this guy get out of this situation versus yeah like you mentioned in the first movie the phantom menace uh he just stands there he's like yeah yeah get get wrecked i bet you can't get up from here and it's like but bro the force exists like um don't you, that's don't you know that you're a force user too like what yeah Maul got too cocky. Yeah. Well, yeah. um, my I think my audience is gonna appreciate this, but uh, man, have have you gotten into Dune yet? Uh, no, I haven't. Oh, well, then you're gonna. You, this is this is what you're talking about because Dune, I think, is where Lucas probably got a lot of his ideas from in the way he built mm. the Star Wars. Uh, and so the the main villain in Dune is Baron Harkonnen, who I guess would be like the Palpatine figure in Dune. Um, Okay. But he is much more like conniving and manipulative. And he is this figure who kind of lurks behind the scenes. Like he, he like turns the screws and manipulates all the events, but he, yeah, but he's like, he's like a presented as this sort of a, very corrupt, almost like feudal warlord who knows not to like go out and put, he's like a, he's almost like Putin. Like those stories you hear about Putin where <laughs> Putin, Putin just like never really leaves the Kremlin and he doesn't have a computer or talk to anybody. He just has all of his thoughts and then he whispers them into somebody's ear. And then that person goes and like whispers it into someone else's ear. And so uh, all of, like, yeah. It's like, like a all game of telephone. Yeah. So it's like, he's Baron Harkonnen is this very like, just this master of uh you know capitalism and feudalism and, and uh take you know running things and, right. and you know directing the course he's like, of a, he's like a cia director yes yeah he, he's like a, he's like a just a shat like this villainous shadow and um and so, like any, you know, all the big fights in the movie are like done, but carried out by his like nephews. He doesn't have any kids himself because I think he's gay, or that's alluded. Oh. To, that's alluded to in the book. The move, the David Lynch movie, he has space aids. He's, oh, <laughs> the David Lynch movie, he like is has some disease that's like killing him, and he has he has to have this <laughs> doctor like give him regular injections and stuff. It's crazy. What that that movie's awesome. It's it is a surrealist <laughs> like fever dream. Um, you would probably you would probably like do you would you like all the like stuff that you're complaining about with the prequels. I think he was Lucas was trying to do what Dune did with those movies because Dune yeah. gets into the like real nitty gritty like finer details of space feudalism and political machinations. Okay. Yeah. Uh all I remember is midichlorians. Midichlorians. <laughs> Introduced in the prequels, and it's like uh, it seems a little bit uh, complicated. Yeah. You, could, you, you didn't really have to explain that to me. I would have been okay with just having it the mystery of some people are just gifted with, uh, some people are just gifted with the ability to use the force, because even 
if if they didn't uh, explain midichlorians, then that would also make sense why Ray could use a lightsaber. Is in, in the sequels is like some people are just naturally gifted. I mean, I guess midichlorians is a way to like quantify the amount of force ability that you have but there should have been a better way to explain it in my opinion than to just have <laughs> Qui-Gon Jinn just sit Anakin down and be like okay you want to have to talk about midichlorians uh, okay so when a boy and a girl love each other very much they introduce midichlorians or something yeah. I don't know that's just what that talk about like I just felt like a big old lecture and then it was fun to easy to meme actually because it was just so luxury yeah but, and what see, was it again was it, it like parasites no it was a genetic thing so like some people were born with like a certain midichlorian count in their body uh yeah and, and so that was what gave them like some sort of connection to the force like stronger than like other people that would you know indicate that they, maybe they could be a jedi um so it was it was like an unnecessary explanation because I guess like it does work better the way it originally was where it's like almost like Harry Potter rules where it's like yeah you know some people are magic some people aren't <laughs> yeah you know? because like the Dune the way Dune explains that kind of thing uh, is uh, eugenics mm. <laughs> so the 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 human race has been actually working toward creating the perfect uh, person. The most powerful oh, it's like being. Gattaca. Yeah. Yeah, it's like Gattaca. Um and that's that's what you know Paul Atreides is, you know, the, the Quisats Hatterak, the, the the Muadib. Um but you know, I'm not gonna spoil it for you. You just have to you you probably like the David Lynch movie and the, the new movies, the Dene what's his guy? What's that guy's name? The guy who did Blade Runner twenty forty nine, Denis Villanuevu. Um, those are like closer to the book. Uh, those are good too. Or there's only one so far. Wasn't there? Wasn't there like a TV series too? Like a like a short run? Like a there was series? the guy the the James McAvoy, the guy who does Professor Xavier now. Yeah. Uh, oh. they did like a Children of Dune mini. I've never seen it, but yes, there was actually. Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah, I think I read I remember... that. That's supposed to be pretty good. I remember uh, seeing the poster for that and just being like, oh, it's dunk. Because of the way the typography is. Right. Uh, the E looks like a C. That's I true. Mean, dunk. Yeah. <laughs> dunk. Yeah. In donuts, a ruse. Which which dunk are we talking? Dunk uh, ruse are the back. The donuts one. The donuts. <laughs> dunk yeah. donuts. Are you are you a bo- are you a Boston gal? Uh no, I've never been to Boston actually. Oh. I lived in Washington State for 19 years. I've traveled around the country a lot. And I'm in Kentucky right now. Whoa, That's where nice. I'm at. Yeah. I was wondering where you were because I've watched your videos. I'm like, well, she's not in any like city, city. Yeah, I'm in like, a really small town. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, small town life rocks. Yeah, it's nice. It, it's not. It it's nice, nice when the only place to go is a Dollar General. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite thing is that everything closes at ten. And Walmart closes at eleven, and then nothing is open until six a.m. Man, you don't so even it's know. Pretty much dead. And the streets are dead. Nightlife is pretty much nothing except for on the weekends. Then it's 
from like the hours of 3 a.m. to 5 a.m. is pretty consistently dead every night. Yeah. It's pretty great. Man, you, you don't even realize, because you're younger than us, you don't even remember, you, you may not even remember the time, the 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 years, the, the, we didn't even know what we had with 24-hour Walmarts. Oh, man, oh, I damn. never got to experience a 24-hour Walmart. It was only because yeah. when I was in Washington State, I lived in the area where the Walmart shut, was open from 6 to 11 p.m., and I was like, okay, this is normal, but then if I wanted to go to a Walmart with a grocery section which the uh, the walmart that i just mentioned did not have one i'd have to like travel 20 minutes but that walmart was 24 7 and i remember like when i was traveling like right before covid hit it was like 24 7 places like winco was open 24 7 um walmart was open 24 7 uh if you don't know what winco is it's pretty I know much about uh, winco. you know about winco okay. oh yeah that's good Winco's great. Um, Winco rocks. Yeah, uh, I wish there was a Winco here, but there isn't. I'll uh, I'll fuck up the candy section at Winco. Yeah, <laughs> I love Winco so much. But uh, that was like just twenty four seven. Soon as COVID hit, bam, no more twenty four seven anything. Mm-hmm. Denny's were twenty four seven. Of only a full like, a select few of Denny's are now twenty four seven, and Google Maps is ne- doesn't update any of their sh- uh, anything that they have. Like, uh, oh yeah, this Denny's coming up is twenty four seven, and like I'm driving, and it's like three a.m. Okay, let's go to the Denny's, and then I pull up to the Denny's. Denny's is closed. That's like no, I do not update it. This has been three, four years now at this point. Come on, man, you know better. Just update. and Denny's aren't. Denny's I think I think hours anymore. I think diners are back to twenty four seven. Well, that's good. Uh, for like two or three years, uh, a lot of Denny's were not back to twenty four seven. It was just an excuse to cut hours because it would always yeah. be too expensive. But I don't think yeah, you know, Walmart Walmart is not anymore. From what I from yeah. a lot of places, but when when I was a boy, and I think Drew knows this, you could go to a Walmart at like four in the morning. And that that was when it was that was a magical time because yeah. it had this like because that was you know they still have to do their like store duties so like all the stuff that a store would do when it's closed they have to do while they're open so everybody's right. like stocking they got like pallets of shit just laid out everywhere <laughs> and, and you can't even get to what you're trying to get to because there's just boxes and boxes filling up the aisles. Uh, they do that on Sundays here. Like they're like even when the stores are open from let's say like 10 a.m. to until close, just pallets everywhere. Pallets everywhere. They're just doing that when it's open, not even bothering until uh, the customer when the customers leave, and then doing that. Um, right. You just mentioned pallets, and that reminded me of that. What were you saying? Oh no, yeah. I well, I guess because Walmart just has so much stuff. That I guess they do that at different hours anyway probably like during the day and then at night but like at four in the morning it was just like this like desolate lawless place where all the workers were you know they didn't they didn't give a shit that you were there because it's four in the morning so like everybody knows what's up this is this is an act of desperation for all of us and it had this like what you know what they call it on the internet like it was it was like a liminal space you know, you, you know, like the like the back rooms or the the castle oh, yeah. in Super Mario sixty four, where it almost felt like like I'm not supposed to be here right now. 
I've I've entered Sankani. into yeah I've entered into a, a place at a time when uh my, the demons the shadows of have awakened. Um, it yeah. was it was a fun time going to Walmart at four in the morning. There's been a couple of times where I've gone to like Winco four in the morning and no one is there, and so I'm like, is this place open? I mean, there's nobody here. Am I supposed to be here? But like the door is wide open. So I've had it's I've had that a similar experience. Yeah, I've had that. Yeah, yeah I've had that at Winco for sure because it's like, yeah, it is twenty four hours, but at a certain like, yeah, that late, it, it's such a big store. It's such like an expansive store that you could walk in and just not see anybody for yeah. the first like several minutes. You're there, and you're like, am I committing a crime right now by being <laughs> here? And I commit a crime every time I go to Winco, technically, because I'm stealing from the bulk containers, for sure. Okay. Yeah, I'm getting handfuls of jelly beans and chocolates and licorice whips. Okay. Uh, That's how you, do you, wear, it. you wear your cargo shorts. <laughs> yeah, I got, dude, I got my cargo shorts on. I got my all my, like, triple X Hot Topic, like, Slipknot shirt that I'm wearing. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Winco's That's nice. Fun. I've never done that before. You but, never uh, still you never stolen from the bulk containers? I didn't see those when uh at the wall Winco I was at. Really? Because the Winco yeah. where I was in Texas, the um the candy section has all these like big bulk containers. So it's like either scoops or levers you pull to dispense jelly beans mm. or whatever. And so I would oh, just I like, know what those are, but they weren't at the Winco I was at. Oh, really? Yeah, because I used to go and just like, I mean, I would buy stuff for sure. I'd fill up bags. But while I'm there, you know, I'm getting some samples for sure. You know, of course, you got to test out the product. Yeah, it's like I've never, you know, I've never seen an entire tower of just Tutti Frutti jelly beans. I got to figure out what (laughs) 20 of these feel like all all at once. (laughs) It's an important scientific experiment. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So how do you have, have wait? So what brought you to Kentucky? Why are you in Kentucky? Uh, so I was like traveling, um, and then in like June, uh, July twenty twenty one, yeah, July twenty twenty one, I had a friend feel like, oh, hey, I got a place, I got a place, uh, in this town, and I was like traveling, and I'm like, okay, cool, and then I just moved in and just stayed pretty much that's how i got to this tiny tiny place very tiny place there's like seven thousand people and people leave people keep on leaving so it's 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 gonna be a ghost town yeah nice well the type of people who are here though it's like 50 percent is uh people raising families like children and then the other 50 percent or I guess the other 40% is like old people and then a couple of people my age but pretty rarely it's mostly people who are like young way younger than me or way older than me that live here okay that's just small town life though that's I feel like small, all town small towns living. are just yeah. families and old people and kids all the, all the young people just want to flee so that makes sense. They just want to leave. I've been here forever. I want to experience the world, which is why there's like no young people here. But I'm from what I'm so, so, so far away from 
where I was born. So I'm like, I get it. I like this place because it does not remind me of Washington State that much. Uh, but there's a lot more mosquitoes here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so many mosquitoes. But it's uh, also the weather in Kentucky is interesting. Like, I'd say one week it would be really, really cold and like snowing or raining. It's It doesn't snow much, but we got the first snow last week and it snowed about eight inches so there's like one week where it's just cold and then the next week warm super warm 60s uh, 60 degrees like uh, it's 40 to 60 degrees as a high in the winter and in the summer it uh it goes from say like 50 degrees as the low and one week to 90 degrees the high a next week it, it fluctuates pretty heavily with between the weeks so i don't is know is it humid yeah it, it is really humid during the summer that's probably the worst part about kentucky is the summers uh they're very humid so many mosquitoes come out so many bugs come out and i'm just like i don't want these bugs i don't want them near me yeah the set the south is brutal that's why yeah so many authors from the south were alcoholics who just wrote about how uh you know, miserable Not it dead. was. Yeah, yeah. Like William Faulkner is like, you know, my grandma died, <laughs> yeah. and we got to carry her corpse to this made-up town in Tennessee. Um. Anyway, I don't. I don't remember the book that well. It's and, hot. Yeah. What, as as I lay dying. Yeah, as I lay dying. I read it in college. I spent thousands of dollars on a class to read that book. Yeah, me and... too. <laughs> huh. I've never read that book before. It's very good. Uh, it's a very good book, and I don't remember it too well. Oh. I remember it, it bounces around between perspectives. It's all told in first person, but it's like all these different characters, and they gotta they gotta carry this lady's corpse from like whatever town they're in to this other town, and it's like the, you know this like uh, almost like Lord of the Rings type of adventure. Yeah. you know they gotta they gotta get this body uh, to to this other town so they can give it like the burial she wanted. And so it's Golden like all Lord these. Lord of the Rings had a corpse in it. Yeah, yeah, not a lot of, not a lot of, yeah, not a lot of death in Lord of the Rings. It wasn't, True. you know, it was a, it was a very, um, you know, polished, uh, uh, shining story. If those, if those are the adjectives to use, kid friendly, right. not like Game yeah. of Thrones, not like Game of Thrones, uh, right. But, yeah, but in, in as LA dying, it's like from all these different people's perspectives, like first person. So there's like the one guy and his sister, and then at one point, like one of the kids has like Down syndrome. This is one of the staples of Faulkner's writing. Is there's usually like somebody who's like you know retarded uh, in a lot okay. of his books. Yeah, I can say that's what that's what they called it back at that at that time. But they're, um, they're usually retarded but their inner monologue is like the most intelligent yeah thoughts. it's it's like the rashomon <laughs> episode of king of the hill when you hear like boomhauer's version of events he talks <laughs> yeah. normal he talks normal <laughs> yeah. um, i haven't seen much king of the hill so oh, i don't know so that's, that's a, that's i've a, seen a little bit but not much it's my favorite of the of that block of like adult animation from that time it's, it's so I, that was the like growing up in texas that was like that was the best i love that show um but in as i lay dying 
you know, the, the there's this really interesting part where there's a, a section that's from the perspective of the corpse. Oh. Yeah. yeah. That's a cool dead. part. Yeah, she's dead, but it's still like written from uh like the first person point of view of a dead old lady. Huh. So, that's yeah. fascinating. It's a good book, yeah. Um I know I man, I know you're a bit of a reader. You you do like comic book stuff. Yeah. Uh it's comic books. Um that's what I've been reading mostly. Yeah. <laughs> is that is that a lifelong thing for you? Um I only started like last year, honestly. Uh I learned how to draw by watching cartoons like animation. So my art style reflects more cartoony animation stuff. Uh but I just started reading uh comic books last year and I'm like, wow, the art is so much more detailed and different than animation you find on just TV, like American TV animation. Yes. And uh do you have a, do you it, have some artists you like so far? Uh Ethan Van Skyver. Yeah, uh, I know him. Yeah. He's he's like he's a right wing part. like conservative guy now, right? <laughs> I don't know. Uh he's a Christian. That's all I know about him, but he makes some pretty epic art behind me. That he did the line art and then the colors Kyle Ritter uh did the colors and yeah Ethan Van Skyver Ethan Van Skyver was one of the it was like him and Jeff Johns that brought Barry Allen back from the dead back in two thousand what was it two thousand nine um I man i don't know if you know this but, but barry allen the flash was one of the superheroes that died uh who stayed dead for a long long time oh um, i did not know that yeah they killed him off in the first the, the first big like multiverse crossover event ever before now everything is multiverse the, the first big event was crisis on infinite earths hmm. and this was like 85 86 and so in that story barry allen dies and you know the trope in comics is like oh well they'll be back in like six hours well he was dead for like 25 years like he was gone for a lot of people wally west was their flash like he you know his sidekick took over as the flash and that was the flash forever uh and then like in 09 jeff johns and ethan van skyver did this story called flash rebirth where they brought they brought him back he was like trapped I think in I have a copy of that yeah it's good it's very yeah. good it's like really pretty the artwork is good like obviously he's a good artist you know this yeah. and it's a good story yeah. like he was trapped in the speed force for all this time and he comes back and he's like oh what is what is an iphone or like whatever i, <laughs> I, I don't remember it too well but uh that was like what brought him back what was uh yeah jeff johns and ethan van skyver and i think I know Ethan Van Skyver's on the outs in terms of comic books because he he went kind of, uh, I guess like 2016, a lot of people did. He went kind of politically wacky and is, is like ousted from the, you know, the libtard uh, comic book community. The only uh, thing the... that I've heard about <laughs> this is that people accused him of being a Nazi, leaned into the Nazi jokes too hard and that they use that as an excuse to kick him out yes yeah so he's that's all, like the only thing i've heard about it yeah so he he became like a kind of reactionary figure um you know you, i get you might know something about that because you you do like shows with like chrissy mayer every now and then 
Um, yeah, we don't really talk about them that much on the show. <laughs> yeah, but you know about, about political reactionaries for sure. Isn't isn't that that's what she does, right? I don't know. I don't know she's, either. Don't she's know like much. a right wing. I just watch movies. Yes. Yeah, we don't have to get into all that. But uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, so what you've been you, so you've been doing comics for a year, and you do you do like what's the comic book thing you do? It's on your Patreon. Uh, do a comic book review on four canon say got live it's like a it's a live uh live comic book review what's the website I'm, uh four canon stake dot live okay yeah we'll, we'll include that in the episode description um cool. yes yeah this is look this is you know this is my show but you know we're trying to we're trying to promote the guest here uh <laughs> So what uh, of what you've read, you know, name some. What's what's something you really enjoyed? Maybe I've because I've I've read, I've read comic books for many many years. Um, I really like Shotgun Samurai. It's uh, it's an I don't know if you've heard of it. It's pretty indie. Um, Shotgun Samurai Volume One. I like that one. The action's great in it. Like it's it's a it's a the action is definitely a very big strength in Shotgun Samurai. Um, another book that I've read, uh, I started on Wanted and I like it. I was reading Wanted and comparing it to the movie because I had also just reviewed the movie around the time, the Wanted movie, and wow, they are so different. <laughs> they're very different, like, yeah. They're very so, different. Uh, and I don't like of- either one. <laughs> I didn't care for either one of those stories. The beginning of Wanted, the movie, the guy's just like, oh, well, I'm going, I uh, got, got you. I'm going to assassinate you. And instead, that guy gets assassinated. In the very beginning of the comic book, that guy who gets assassinated, he's having gay sex. Mm-hmm. And then also is just throwing around in the same like page, just like racist, racial slurs. And I'm like, what is this comic yeah, book? What I, I is going on here? It's it's a what very just called wanted wanted. wanted. Drew, you yeah. remember this? It was actually Professor Xavier. Now James McAvoy. It was like him, Chris Pratt, Angelina Jolie, Morgan Freeman, and it was this movie about like an international. Oh. Yeah, curve the bullet. Was the big <laughs> yeah. Thing. Yeah. yeah, it that movie has zero to do with the comic book beyond like. The only There's common at- some parts, but not much. Not much. Yeah, the only similarities is they're like badasses, but the comic book is this like edge lord. It's like if like almost like if Tucker Max wrote a comic book. <laughs> yeah, the guy is like a the guy is a big edge lord. The guy who gets recruited into becoming part of this assassin league. Um, versus in the movie. The guy is a little bit uh meek. He's very meek. He's yeah, very hesitant to kill. Like what's he's very hesitant. He doesn't want to do any murders of any kind. It's only until um Morgan Freeman's character is like, oh, well we get our we get our targets from the loom. It's just like yeah, textiles fabric. are a big part of the movie. Is textiles? Yeah, yeah. And I didn't get that far into the book. Uh, but I do remember that he was noticeably more angry and more willing to kill people in the comic book. Yeah, yeah, and he's Eminem in the comic book. 
Yes. Yes. <laughs> he's, he's, Eminem. he's Eminem. Yeah. You know how like an old uh, Drew. I don't know if we all know that like the the Nick Fury we have now, that care that version of the character, the same like Samuel Jackson Nick Fury, that was just like twenty years ago when Brian Michael Bendis and I forget who the artist was on Ultimate Spider Man at that time when they were creating the like Ultimate series when they did their Nick Fury, it was just they drew Samuel Jackson. And so then, like years later, they just cast him in the movies as Nick just Fury. Cast him. Wasn't Nick Fury originally a white guy? Yes. Yeah. And uh, David Hasselhoff played him in a movie years and years ago. Oh, oh yeah. I only know David Hasselhoff from the SpongeBob movie. He was the lifeguard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's all you. That's really all you need to know about. I mean, that and the cheeseburger video. When he's drunk and crying, eating cheeseburger off the floor. Um, I've never seen that. Oh yeah, do what? Did David Hasselhoff die? No. No. Who am I thinking? He was in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, Guardian. You're thinking of Patrick Swayze. Um, That's who I'm named after. Dalton from Roadhouse. Yeah. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Man, have you seen Roadhouse? No, I haven't. I have heard a lot of people recommend Roadhouse, but I've yet to see Roadhouse. I would recommend Roadhouse. Hola, mijo. <laughs> uh, be nice until it's time to not be nice. I live by that. Um, but yeah, so that but that's like a thing in comics. Every now and then, is they'll, they'll draw a character to look like a famous guy. And so, in Wanted, uh, it's Eminem. But then in the movie, I like I don't know. Can Eminem act the when he's not Eminem? Can he do anything outside of Eight Mile? No, I think he only did eight mile. Yeah. Well he did yeah. eight mile and then he's he's a he's like a rapper. He I'm pretty sure that's just like the only thing he does. He is a rapper. 50 years straight. <laughs> yeah, for fifty years straight. Fifty years. He's been rapping now. Since he was twelve. Um yeah, he well he's been in movies here and there, but usually as himself. Okay. Like he has a really funny scene in Funny People, which is a movie I don't actually think is that funny, but he's funny in it. He's good in that scene. Um, Drew, remember that? Oh, you know what? He was in. Uh, I didn't watch Funny People. It sucks. Uh, what's the movie that uh, North Korea took down from America? The interview. Movies? Yeah, that's also very. Yeah, interview. he was also in there. Yeah, he was in that. Yeah, yes. he was. You he don't... came out as gay. <laughs> yeah, that's like one of the funniest scenes in the movie. Is they're doing that interview and he just like casually slips it in that he's gay, and all the <laughs> like Seth, all the producers behind the scenes are like, "What the fuck did he just say?" Yeah, he's like I'm a homosexual. <laughs> I like to have sex with men. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's funny. It's a fun movie. Yeah, but yeah, uh, good times. Wanted. Uh, I did not. It sucks. Uh, <laughs> man, did you like it? Did you like the movie or the comic book? I liked. I I liked the movie. It's it's. I think it's just because it's so over the top that I'm like, okay, we're not in a reality, so it, this movie can just show me cool visuals and i'd be pretty open with it uh there were some moments where i was like eh, i wish this movie was already over uh, i was definitely towards the end like not the part before uh the main guy wanted just like start shooting everyone Mr. Uh, but like right but before that uh it was just like it was just getting a little s- slow for me i'm like yeah i'm I, I just want to see. I just want to see how this guy gets out of this situation, and I do like the ending a lot. Uh, 
Yeah. I don't know. It's just a fun movie. It's just it's a fun movie. Fun. I like it better than a comic book for sure. It's a more it's not as cynical, it's not as nihilistic. It's yeah. a it's it's a much more like hero's journey. Whereas like the comic book yeah, the comic book, there's no one to root for. Like everybody sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, to the point where I'm like, well, I don't know like why I'm reading this. Like there's no good characters here. And it's not even like any of them are like anti-heroes like the Punisher. They're just straight up villains. So it's like yeah. I don't I don't want any of you to succeed in what you're doing. Yeah, I, I the only things I remember about Wanted are Angelina Jolie's ass mm-hmm. and yeah. Morgan Freeman getting shot in the head, which I think yes. is the very end. Yeah. Yes. I don't really remember the movie that much. Yeah. Um I like that end scene though. The end scene's Angelina fun. Jolie, who's a uh, fox, is that who she is? She has my favorite scene in the movie where she murders suicides everybody by curving yeah. a bullet, a full three sixty degree curve of the That's bullet. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, where she's like, "We're at, we're all villains." Like she has this realization, and so she curves the bullet to go in a full circle, and everybody just stands there. You know, they're all just standing there letting this happen. <laughs> uh and, and so she kills everyone and then the bullet goes through her own head and it's like okay well now it's just uh james mcavoy mr wanted has to wrap this up by himself um yeah did, yeah. The, did the comic put as much emphasis on curving bullets as it's, the movie they, they made that up for the movie that is nowhere in the the comic book <laughs> it has like actual people with superpowers like there's like a version of Clayface named Shithead or something. He's like made of, <laughs> it's like a Clayface made of shit. Oh, and then, yeah. There's like all these different superpower people, and I like I got that far. Okay, yeah, because yeah. I don't know how I don't know how far you've gotten, but yeah, I think look. I got like three chapters in. That's okay, how far I am. The comic, yeah. the comic book has an inter- like an interesting idea, and it's like worth exploring as a comic book fan, man, because. It, the the idea is that the, there's this this constant reference made to something changed in the mid '80s, like in '86, everything became gritty and dark, and uh, things yeah. changed. And so there, <clears throat> what that's referencing is like in the real world, in our universe, reality, uh, there was this big shift in comic books where th- they started becoming more grounded and gritty. Uh, you know, like like the Nolan movies. Like that yeah. all starts in the eighties with like <clears throat> Frank Miller doing like the the Dark Knight Returns, and then Alan Moore does Watchmen, uh, yeah. and Alan Moore also did his run on Swamp Thing, and so there were all these authors who were starting to approach comic books like more like novels or like gritty seventies crime thrillers almost. And so there was, and it was like hugely popular. So there was like this big shift and that led to like, you know, Todd McFarlane doing Spawn and then, you know, and and for years, you know, we get all the like gritty, dark superhero comic book stuff. And so that's like sort of what Wanted is referencing is that that moment in time when, um, you know, comics themselves made this switch to more grounded, gritty stories. That sounds cool. Yeah, when they went rated R. Yeah, yeah, when they went rated R. Yeah, like the like the Daredevil TV show was that's kind of based on when Frank Miller was writing Daredevil. 
um you know all that kind of you know we're gonna approach this kind of kind of like a good and bad thing because then it was then that's where you get like the birth of the the word graphic novel which i think is silly and even alan moore has said that's stupid he's like it's a con it's it's a comic book it's not a graphic (laughs) novel you know i don't even know what the difference is there is no difference it's a pretentious Mm. word that adults use to make it sound like they're not reading children's entertainment Ah. Uh, (laughs) yeah i never i never liked it the the word itself but um yeah it's like wanted has like some cool ideas and you know you would probably enjoy going back and reading those those stories like dark knight returns and Watchmen, and uh, Swamp Thing, Sandman, Animal Man by Grant Morrison is a very good one. Hmm. Um, I've never that... heard of Animal Man. Animal Man. About, uh, Sandman. Sandman. Oh. Neil Gaiman. Not my favorite. I don't. I'm not a big Neil Gaiman guy, but Sandman's good. Animal Man is my shit. Animal Man is like this is you know decades before Rick and Morty and any sort of like when everything became self-referential and meta it was like right. that was animal man was like one of the first kind of uh stories to start e- experimenting with that kind of thing um yeah. at least in comic books and like that kind of media uh because it was it's grant morrison who's a big time comic book writer and it was like where he really broke out um and they don't dc had only hired him to do like four issues where it was going to be Animal Man versus Buana Beast. And Buana Beast is this sort of like BC tier level villain or sort of like villain slash anti hero character. And it was going to be like their showdown. But it was so good that DC was like, I guess just like keep writing this. Those four issues wrap up. And then the fifth issue, he goes buck wild and does this issue called The Coyote's Gospel, where this wily e. coyote cartoon character type of cartoon character somehow escapes the cartoon world and winds up in the real world but the real world still being the world of the comic book and so he's a he's a wily e. coyote char- type character who just wants to die but every time he gets run over and shot and anvils fall on his head he just can't you know actually die and so the story is like Animal Man encounters him, and the whole story is about Animal Man trying to help him finally die so he can go to heaven. <laughs> and then, like, it, the, the issue ends with this, like, nod to the audience where it's like, now, and then you pull back even further and you start to see, like, um, th- there's like this meta thing that happens at the end where it's like God himself might be Grant Morrison. Oh boy. Yes. That's so fascinating. And so where where it goes from there, uh, you know, there's like if you buy the trade paperbacks, there's like three volumes. The whole arc right. of the story kind of leads to something like that. I don't want to spoil it too much. Uh, but yeah, it it gets real out there and it gets into all this like metaphysical, you know, what is reality? What is consciousness? Hmm. What does it mean to uh what is what is even storytelling? What's the purpose of this? Animal Man's cool. Yeah, it sounds like the, the it House of Leaves. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, like House of Leaves, where it's like a story within a story within a story, and then hmm. you might be part of the story by even reading this. Ooh, that's fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> 
There's so, so many comics that I don't know anything about. Yeah, you've only so been doing it. Yeah, you've only been reading a year, so yeah, yeah, you have thousands and thousands of dollars to spend on, or just you know, <laughs> you know, piracy, uh, yeah. download them, which is yeah, what I do. PDFs. Yeah, that's what I do now. I can't afford that shit. Or even if I could, but like, it's, it's so it's such an expensive hobby. It's like that and Warhammer 40k. You know, how's anybody? It seems like it take up. It seems like it take up a lot of space too. Just fucking hundreds of pounds of comic books. Oh, dude, yeah. I, I wish I had never started collecting that shit because it's like I don't want all this. I don't want to have to lug this shit around. I don't you like. Couldn't I, move at all if you wanted to. Yeah, selling them or getting rid of them. Yeah, physical or lugging them. Physical media is a burden. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, you look like you collect a lot of stuff. You have uh, posters, books. Yeah. Plushies. Um, yeah, I like plushies. Uh, some of these books are like my roommates. Um, but these po- these plushies. These are my my plushies. This is my this is my Pikachu. A little oh, nice Pikachu. Like it's you know what's fun about this one? Uh well, it's a sensory toy that I got at a con. You can squeeze it. It's heavy, it's weighted, and the it's crocheted, so it's texturous and it's good to feel. So that's uh that's my my these are my plushies. I like plushies a lot. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, damn. Nice. Well, yeah, so... I wish I could have plushies. Yeah, we can. You know, like as a guy, you can't a just have plushies on the bed. No. <laughs> no. Oh, yeah, Maybe like a white boot pillow. I don't, I don't know. It's just you know. Certain I have a just I have a right. like a waifu body pillow for sure. Uh, oh, that's fun. oh yeah. <laughs> I wish I had a waifu body pillow. Yeah, you could probably you could probably make one of yourself and sell that on your. Uh... That's a good idea. Well, fan- that's good merch. Yeah, Fansly. It is good merch. Yeah, it's a fan- <laughs> yeah. Sell it through your. Does Fansly have a merch page? <laughs> Can you? Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to sell anything through Fansly. I haven't looked into that, but I do know that Fansly does not allow sale of like, like underwear and socks and such. Like they specifically oh. have. A rule against that. So okay, like, uh, I can't get a cut. like it just in the TOS and in the TOS it's like oh if uh, we will ban you if you attempt to sell any panties, used panties or like lingerie, whatever. Uh, you have to use like a third party site. Mm. Separate. It's from just like a hygiene thing, though. Yeah, it must be just a hygiene <laughs> thing. I mean, I know that OnlyFans has that restriction and even stricter restrictions too, which is uh, mm-hmm. fascinating. Those, yeah, it's probably because those... of that girl who's selling like the bath water and shit. Oh, uh, you know? uh, yeah. You starting... gotta see that guy who vaped the bath water. Ew. No. He, he vaped it? He vaped it? A guy, a guy bought it and vaped it. Gross. Yeah, I mean, let's be, let's be honest. It's probably just tap water, though, right? God, I hope. Like if you're selling, if you're selling like a thousand, I hope she was just scamming <laughs> people just and drifting. not. Like, I, it's so gross to me. <laughs> like, Thirty dollars for like a tiny container of a gamer girl bath water. Yeah. Wow. 
it's so 2019 my gosh because <laughs> when it's it, so when... easy to make money oh it's so as, e- dude, as a girl as a girl yeah. now it's so easy to do online stuff and just make money i guess <laughs> i don't know as a, as uh, a there's guy... a lot of girls who struggle though i who struggle on like making any money on the fansly and only fans i think it has to do with consistency it's it really yes. consistency yeah. Yeah. pH balance. And I think the... that's like any internet stuff is really just a consistency. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm cranking out, you know, so much content. Yeah. But... As a guy, you have to grift, you know. Yeah. You're, you're the yeah. L. Ron Hubbard. I'm the L. Ron Hubbard podcast. of podcasting. <laughs> I don't know who that guy is. You don't know who L. Ron Hubbard is? Oh, Correct. buddy. Yo. <laughs> Nice. I don't know. Should anything. get into some of his novels. This is don't well, yeah. Read an L. Ron Hubbard novel. <laughs> <laughs> if you, yeah, if you got the time, if you want to just turn your brain into oatmeal, reading that just yeah. dri- amphetamine fucking drivel that he was cranking out. All right, so and man, we'll get back. We'll get more into you in a minute. Uh, okay. You, you know, not like interviewing, not like into you. We're not gonna. Never mind. Um, <laughs> L. Ron Hubbard was a sci-fi author who also founded the Church of Scientology. Oh. So okay. back, he was a contemporary of like Philip K. Dick and Frederick Pohl and all the pulp sci-fi guys of the time. And at in those days, if you were writing sci-fi like that, you got paid per word. So a lot, a lot of these guys were just like chomping on amphetamine so they could crank out these books, and the 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 psychosis that was in, was induced in doing so manifested in different ways. Like Philip K. Dick thought that he was actually seeing into multiple realities, oh. and that's how he came up with a lot of his stories. And he gave this like big <laughs> testimony that he actually, you know, had unlocked the secrets of the universe and that the man in the high castle was real. It just was not in our reality, but it was very, it was as real as anything we know. Um, wow. Yes. Elron, in his drug induced frenzy, his psychosis, uh, invented a religion, uh, the Church of Scientology. And oh, that's why Tom Cruise got stuck in that closet. Yes. The yeah. South good... Park episode. Yes. <laughs> the, the, the Tom Cruise has a like a direct correlation to L. Ron Hubbard going crazy on uh, mm. amphetamines. Because, um, yeah, he, he just, in his, like, schizophrenic episode or, like, whatever was happening with him, was writing all these sci-fi stories and then cooked up this religion that's, like, a sci-fi-based <laughs> religion. It's all about, wow. like... Yeah, like ancient aliens that had, like, come to Earth and filled the volcanoes with ghosts. or I don't even... It's so wacky. <laughs> And they don't even tell the the members of the church. Like, like honestly, I don't think people, the general public, was really made aware of any of this until like South Park did their episode about it. Like, I think people here and there knew about what was actually going on in that church, but even like the members of the church are not made aware of any of this or starting out. You have to be in the church for years and spend all this money to get to a certain level before they start telling you about Xenu and the aliens and the spaceships <laughs> and shit like that. Yeah. 
And so, like, South Park kind of broke that story for everybody, uh, where it's, like, became part of, like, the public consciousness. I'm curious as to how South Park even got that information. If it's so, yeah, it's so gatekept within the the Scientologist community. Well, what? They have somebody on the inside? Well, what, what, what tends to happen is you, you'll have people, because, like, those guys are plugged into the entertainment industry, so they, they know tons of people who are either, I mean, one of the main characters on the show was in the church, Isaac Hayes, mm. who played Chef. Oh, okay. But he, yeah, but he actually quit the show because of the Scientology episode. But they, oh. Yeah, but they, they probably knew tons and tons of people who either were still in the church or had left because of becoming disillusioned by it. Um, cause we, yeah, what tends to happen is after years of being in it and spending hundreds of thousands of dollars as like part of this, uh, cult, this like entertainment industry cult is what it is. They, they're, what's revealed to them is like the truth of the religion is all this like sci-fi shit. And they go, well, <laughs> that was a, a lot of time and money that I spent trying to achieve enlightenment. It turns out it's like spaceships and alien ghosts <laughs> in my blood or whatever they it's talk a, about. It's so funny. Like all the, all the secrets are just hidden behind multiple paywalls and it just <laughs> yeah, leads to like the different Patreon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause like, yeah. Leah Remini talked about it in that documentary where she, you know, was in it for years and then finally got to like level eight or whatever. And they told oh. her about Xenu, and she was like, what in the fuck is this? Like, you know, she'd been raised in it, and then was like, finally shown what it was, and was like, oh, this may not be real. <laughs> this actually might be I some wonder bullshit. how many levels there are. I, who knows? I mean, there's an argument to be made that it might work, because, I mean, like, Tom Cruise seems to be just, like, yeah. killing it, yeah. But yeah, what probably happened with Matt and Trey is like they probably knew somebody who had left and just like told them all of that. Like I don't, who knows how mm. anyone found out? It, it could because there's no way to keep all of those secrets locked uh, under yeah. lock and key forever because it's too wackadoo. And there's you're obviously you're gonna have some people who just like split and are like, all right, well I gotta go tell people, try and get people I to spent, not. I spent so much money to get this information, and now I have to share everyone this information yeah so, to, it's like to investment help, yeah to help people not get scammed by this fucking like weird cult yeah yeah and yeah. and l El, ron had like established this crazy hierarchy and structure of the church as a as a religion to where they are up to some like devious goings-ons mm-hmm. uh, you know like if anyone is trying to spill secrets or if they don't like a member of the church or someone leaves They'll terrorize them and their family. They'll bug their house, kill their dogs. Oh no! Yeah, That's I think it's criminal. like they they also collect like blackmail on you. I think yeah. like one of the first things you do is they're like, okay, so what things about you do you not want people to know? You can tell us, and then yeah, like okay, Drew, uh, <laughs> Drew, you and I might have like a more um, emotional connection to to this because like the, the the whole Danny Masterson thing that just happened. Like Danny Masterson finally got yeah. on the trial for what he was up to during his time in the church. Like that was all kind of spearheaded by Cedric from At the yeah. Drive In and the Mars Volta. <laughs> Man, are you familiar funny. with these bands? At the Drive In? No idea. The Mars Volta. 
It's, I've never you know, heard of them. Mine and Drew's favorite bands, probably. Yeah. Um, Some good stuff. Great stuff. Um, do you man, do you like really long songs, like a good thirty minute song? Oh, the longest song that I've really listened to is like six minutes, eight minutes, ten minutes. That's okay. around the length of the song that I've listened to. That's the longest. Okay. So there's an album by the Mars Volta called Francis the Mutes. Their second album. When did it come out? Like 2004. Uh, it's yeah. got five tracks. Cygnus, Visman, Cygnus, The Widow, Elvia Elviasquez, Miranda That Ghost Just Isn't Holy Anymore. And the final track, Cassandra Gemini, which I think clocks in at, what, like 34 minutes? <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um. So I would highly recommend that. But the lead singer of that band and the band that uh preceded that group at the drive-in cedric bixler zavala met his wife in the church and then as he got to know her apparently like she revealed to him that it's, you know at some point danny masterson from that 70s show had um done some very naughty things to her and a bunch of other women uh, and yeah so cedric wow. had been waging this war against him and the church for years and like <laughs> The church, like, yeah, like, bugged their house, was stalking them, terrorizing oh. them, killed their dog. I think they killed like, his dog. Yeah, yeah it was a crazy story. Should have gotten remember... John Wick on them. He kind of did do that. Like, he was engaged in this, like, spiritual war with the church to where, like, that when At the Drive-In got back together in 2017, like, that whole album was just kind of about what he had been going through with that church. <laughs> right. And, um... And I remember he, him and his wife, like, showed up in that Leah Remini series. And I was like, is that the fucking guy from at the drive-in? <laughs> um, yeah, and so they finally got Danny Masterson, and he's going to prison now. But anyway, Mint, to answer your question, that's who L. Ron Hubbard is. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, and so, but anyway, back to the, back to the show. Um, uh, Mint, um... So what, what what is you know to speak in comic book terms? What is your origin story? Where does this this uh, affinity for um, autistic obsessions begin? Um. Well, how far are we going back? Um. Just what you can remember. What's the first? What's the first cartoon, video game, comic? You know any of this stuff? Okay. You remember. So my first. The first cartoon that I watched and got really into was SpongeBob. And I was really into that until like second grade. And then I discovered Club Penguin and I was really into that until fifth grade. And then I discovered Tumblr and would just scroll the Tumblr wall and uh, use like use that as like art reference. Uh, also, there would be art blogs like on tumblr teaching me how to draw like oh here's here's the proportions you want to maintain while drawing here's here's some shading techniques here's how you draw this here's how you draw that here's how you do all this stuff so um i was really into that until tumblr banned porn in 2018 and i got really mad and then i just went to oh man i tried doing twitter but it was hard for me to use because, like, man, all uh, all my amazing Tumblr communities that I use to look up art references are now gone or just buried, and there's not really 
like a way for me to search for that on Twitter because I wasn't familiar with the platform. So I think I just, um, at that point, I was just, uh, oh, actually also during that time on Tumblr, uh, Tumblr got me into Steven Universe and I was like, I wonder what I thought the appeal was that, to that. I remember really liking it, but it was like, I was curious as to why. Now I'm thinking back on it. It's the colors. The colors are really strong. The backgrounds are really strong. Um, the story is all right. There is some good character development, but it doesn't happen until like later in the first season and throughout the rest of the other seasons. Um, the first the first several episodes of Steven Universe are insufferable. I can see why people don't like that show. But uh, there's character development. There's a world. I like yeah. the world. That's a reason um, thing in cartoons. Cartoons didn't used to have character development or story yeah. like, plots necessarily. Yeah, like, they're one-offs. Yeah, they weren't serialized. Yeah. Like I Drew and I grew up when it was like you could just tune into any episode and you'd be fine. You did, there wasn't like a, like seasons of lore that you were like if you watch like a later episode of Steven Universe, you'd just be like, I don't so what they're like polyamorous space lesbians. I, I don't know what's going <laughs> what on. What are here. they doing here? Yeah. Cause I, I saw um, some I saw some of that show and I liked it for a little while. And then I had this realization where I was like, Well, I'm in my twenties, a grown man watching a children's cartoon about the power of friendship. I think um, I was like I was uh so while I was watching Steven Universe, they went on through just so many hiatuses. So the show started in 2015. I picked it up in 2014 or 2015, binge watched the entire first season, then would just wait for new episodes. And I think Steven Universe ended in 2017 or 2018, the original series. Uh the the first season is so much different from the fifth season. There's so much that's been developed within the world since the first episode. Like the first episode is really just innocent. Oh, I got a, I got a, I got a ice cream. Look at my ice cream. It's shaped like a cat. Isn't that cool? And whoa, what is this shield that I can just summon out of my gem? What is happening here? And then like the, do you care about Steven Universe? Can I spoil it? I do not care. <laughs> okay. Okay. So the very end of the episode, they go to the Diamond Authority. They're literally on the gem homeworld planet trying to convince them not to destroy Earth. Turns out that uh, Steven Universe's mother, Rose Quartz, is Pink Diamond herself. She mm -hmm. has ran away from the homeworld because she wanted to, she wanted to preserve humanity. And the ending, I felt like it was a little bit rushed. Like the the building building up to it was good. I was like, oh wow, he's going to see the diamonds. Oh wow, he's like looking at the diamonds, dealing with mourning and death, and still having the process of the death of their loved one. And it's them just being really emotional. And I, that's what I really liked about the series. And then the very end just seemed to feel like the last episode seemed rushed. Like oh wow, well now we're suddenly okay with them. Uh, well, now we're just suddenly okay. The diamonds are suddenly okay. The Steven Universe just existing. He's an abomination. He's a he's a human gem hybrid abomination, and it's and it's like they want 
Pink Diamond back, but I don't I don't understand this the the show doesn't really answer this question for me. Why are they okay with Steven Universe existing if they want Pink Diamond back? That's like their little sister and they can't put their wrap their ha- heads around the human gem abomination. I don't even know how that could even possibly be a thing that exists. Like why does why does having human seed in you and also being a gem mean that you have to lose your body but also fuse human genetics and to create a product like that part was very confusing to me the show doesn't really explain that very well um it tries yeah i don't i don't know when when we were cartoon watching age drew and i you know we you know our show we had a show about a cat and a dog that refused ass to ass oh a cat dog i like yeah There was an it was a an ass to ass yeah cat and a dog that were um you you know some some sort of like abomination some, some yeah. un, unnatural affront unto God that was attached <laughs> that shared a I I suppose like a gastrointestinal tract and organs and all that yeah um, yeah and that was always but, the question it's what, what how are these guys shitting and pissing mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, how they shoot and through piss each other's and... mouths. I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, That was you know that's gross. that's what we had. That we had you know two beavers who were pretty upset uh, about things. Yeah. Ain't uh, <laughs> they were angry beavers? Um. Hmm. Yeah, we had this emo kid named Doug who wrote in his journal every day. Mm-hmm. There was yeah a, a little boy named Doug. Uh, there was a a kid with a, a misshapen head. Hey Arnold! <laughs> um, oh yeah, I've hey, seen hey reruns Arnold. of some of these shows on uh, Nick Toon. Oh, wait, Nick Teen, Nick Toon, Nick at Night. I think. Nick at Night, yeah. yeah Nick that's at night, yeah. That, man, that's how that that really like struck me as just like an aging now because like the fact if they're showing Hey Arnold on Nick at Night, <laughs> really yeah. you you really feel this the specter of death lurking behind you here yeah. and now, yeah. Because when I was a kid, like. Nick at night, it was like reruns of like Full House, and yeah, like all in the family. Yeah, like all in the family, like the Jeffersons. It wasn't. It wasn't. Hey Arnold, <laughs> that's crazy. Oh, I boy. didn't know that. Yeah. Also, yeah, Zoe One Universe. Zoe One One. Yeah, on that Nick was on night? Nick at Night. Yeah. Or that's crazy. That's yeah. Crazy. That's crazy. Uh, what were you asking though? No, I'll say I've I've never even heard of Steven Universe. It sounds very complex for it children. It is um, ridiculous. There's a there's a lot of adult themes, like the way that they fuse. Because I love this, but everyone else hates it. Um, th- they have to do these dances. There's this one particular dance, Dragon Ball Z, like that. The entire inner exploded uh, because there's this character, two characters. They're dancing at the very end. Uh, one of the gems opens their legs and the other gem jumps into their legs and then they start fusing and become this really big monstrosity. This like, uh, I, I also another mechanic that I like about Steven Universe is that the gems can fuse and create new gems. And it's, it's That's the reveal what, what Garnet is actually a fusion of, uh, yeah. What ruby and sapphire or some, yeah. something? Yeah, yeah. And what's fascinating is uh, by the amount of limbs and the amount of eyes 
and just the like general shape of the fused gem uh showcases their relationship like let's let's say malachite which is a fusion of jasper and lapis lazuli which is how the show pronounces it mm-hmm. uh be, they're a very very toxic relationship uh lapis lazuli only fused so sh- she has like water powers so she can have jasper which is just a homeworld gem trying to uh murder steven uh so because Steven was nice to Lapis at some point. She was like, oh, I'm going to fuse with you. And then I'm going to drag you into the ocean. And their fusion is a, it's a six, it's a really giant six arm monstrosity. It, it's on two, it's like kind of like a centaur. Uh, it's like on, it stands on four legs and then has two arms and has, they have like three eyes or something. No, four eyes. They have four eyes, which means, which means their relationship is very um they it's just it's just it's not a good relationship it's pretty toxic versus garnet she has the appropriate amount of legs the appropriate amount of arms the only difference is that they have uh they have three eyes uh because they are a very perfect coupling um ruby and sapphire but they see different uh, uh, from time to time, but that allows Garnet to see into the future, or at least uh, some future timelines. Just prescience, like the the Muad'Dib from Dune. Um, and it sounds like a like a jeweler's Digimon. It's uncut Digimon, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's pretty cool. So, so I like, like the it, mechanics. You're telling me that they had to, in order to fuse, they have to do a fusion dance. Yeah, some fusion dances are different. Like there's one between um, uh, the one I was talking about where they're like one of the gems is going into the other legs as a garnet and amethyst. Then the other one, it's more of like an eloquent dance. That so we have pearl and amethyst. They fuse. Pearl just does like ballerina or whatever, mm-hmm. and amethyst does like break dancing. And then they like hug really close. Is there's a lot of lesbian stuff. They don't kiss except for. Is this a girl show or is it like? Yeah, a... it's, it's like girls I, I, and homosexuals. It's very, it's very girlish show. Yeah. So it's... I can see why people don't like this show, but I like this show. Yeah. Because of the world and the mechanics. Well, of you're the show. you're like you're like the age for it. Yeah. Like it, yeah, yeah, it hit when you were like at at the right age for it. I would say, um, yeah. But I'm cu- it's curious a fusion dance, huh? Drew, you're Mexican. Fusion dance sounds familiar to you? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, dude. I'm big fusion dance guy. Yeah, sound like something oh, you know about. Who do you fuse with when you uh, dance? Well, f- fusion dance and my reference goes to to Dragon Ball Z. Mm-hmm. I was a big Dragon Ball Z head, like all Mexicans, and um, it was what was it, Trunks and Gohan, the, or or Go, what's his name? It was Go Goten and Trunks. I yes. think that, they were the original fusion dance. They were the ones who first figured it out on the show, and then later Goku and Vegeta were able to do a fusion dance. Hmm. And the the fusion that it, uh, happens after a fusion dance is a different fusion than what you get with the uh, Potara earrings. 
as we all know. Uh, damn. <laughs> yeah, so, so I can see the uh, you know I guess, I guess whoever did Steven Universe who was it Rebecca Sugar the Rebecca Sugar yeah she also worked on from Adventure System of a Down oh she worked on Adventure Time yeah oh okay yeah. okay I see that now yeah that makes sense sounds like she was watching a little Dragon Ball Z she might have a little uh, Hispanic blood in <laughs> this this uh if very very anime inspired she's very open about how steven universe is very anime inspired uh there's like gags like speed line gags sometimes which is fun uh there's also like a lot of filler episodes that expand upon the world like the of the side characters and their relationships but i'm not really particularly interested in those see now those in, dra- characters. in dragon ball z there's a lot of filler episodes that add nothing to the show oh yeah <laughs> sometimes oh. those are my favorite episodes though where it's just like yeah. a sliced in the life episode about those, those are fun yep. yeah when it's just goku like working on a farm it's like Goku has to go to the DMV or what, you know, like <laughs> that's always fun. Cause he has like, he's like societally in terms of like it being like a functioning member of society, he's retarded. He's like incapable oh, yeah. of functioning, but he's the most powerful uh, entity in the whole universe. Yeah. He is um, very Forrest Gump-esque. Goku- you think about it. <laughs> Yeah, I never, I never put Gump. that together. Goku is the Forrest Gump of uh, anime. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like really slow and stupid, but also the strongest warrior yeah, in the and universe. A heart of gold, a heart of gold. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> In- inspiring everyone. <laughs> That's fascinating, dude. I never, I never saw that Venn diagram coming. Forrest yeah. Gump and Go- Forrest Goku. <laughs> Forrest Man, you Goku. need to do you need to do a video on Forrest Gump, please. Yeah. Man, have you a seen Forrest big. Gump? I have. Uh Forrest Gump was one of my earlier reviews. I oh, like it a... exists? Yeah, it exists. You didn't Min like Salads... it? Mint Salad saw Forrest Gump. I do like it. I like I like Forrest Gump's character a lot. Um I find him fascinating. It's like it's like, oh, it's time for me to do another thing. And because he does not care at all about society or whatever, he's just focused on his own goals. Then society yeah. eventually catches up to him and starts like loving him. Like, oh my goodness, Forrest Gump is amazing. Wow. Yeah. Did, did you know he running? Do you know that he can run? Mm-hmm. And then he just stops running. It's like, what? What is happening? Yeah. It's, it's fun. Saying is saying is a saying does. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, uh, good time. Yeah, mom always said life is like a box of sensu beans. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is this is a fun riff that I'm trying to think of. But uh, man, you man, you have not seen Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> I have not seen Dragon Ball Z. I've not seen any Dragon Ball Z. It's man. a commitment. It's a commitment. Yeah. It's not, it's not How one of these, um, a lot. Yeah. Uh, the Dragon Ball Z itself has what, like nine seasons. And I think each one yeah. has like, you know, like a hundred episodes oh, per season. Hundred episodes. Yeah. It's a, it's a lot. And then, you know, you could also go back to the original series, Dragon Ball. And then there's also Dragon Ball GT, which many people, uh, rebuke 
is not canon at this point, which is the follow-up to Dragon Ball Z. But they retcon that now because Akira Toriyama took back over a few years ago and started Dragon Ball Super. So you have about, what, Drew, what would you say, like 30 plus years of uh, cartoons to watch? And that's not including the movies. I think it's 40 years. It might be 40 like, I, years. Yeah. Yeah. It is yeah. pretty nuts. It's and a billion it's, dollar industry just making money off of Hispanics. Just and Hispanics black and kids. black kids. Yeah. Autistic black guys. <laughs> <laughs> not even autistic. Like, honestly, like Hispanics and black people. Dragon Ball Z is like the unifying it's like the equalizer of, of all the races yeah. it really has brought us together yeah. it's it's like how like Muslims and Christians both believe in Jesus yeah black people yeah, Mexicans like... white people all believe in Goku <laughs> yeah yeah uh, man I think you would enjoy Dragon Ball Z but are there are there any animes you like are you trying to get into the wee the weeb uh corner market market um i haven't seen much anime but the one anime that i really did like as a child and just kept watching was sergeant frog oh yeah i'm, I'm familiar with it yeah i don't it's it's a more silly like cartoonish story right yeah it's like yeah it's not it's like a comedy yeah that's a good way to describe it uh do you know much about the story no, not at all. I have no clue. I had I had a, like a manga of it years and years ago, but I never oh. really read much of it. Okay. Uh, well, there's an anime. Came out in like 2004. Pretty much the premise, the quick premise, is that we have uh, frog alien invaders coming from planet, uh, like a very militarized planet whose only focus is to invade planets. This uh, platoon go uh, comes to Earth. And the leader of the platoon is, is like just try, is like, oh, I'm here now. How do how do I how do I start off with this uh, goal to conquer the earth? But he's like in this bedroom. He gets caught in this bedroom, and then the like the first episode is just establishing that uh, these the person that he's with does not take anything from him she's like uh actually if you're gonna live here uh you're gonna you're gonna clean you're gonna clean <laughs> so he just he's just now like a, a cleaner for them and so the structure of the the anime it's i wouldn't say there's much character development it's more of we know these character traits and every episode is based off of these character traits the first Several episodes of the season introduces slowly more and more of the platoon, and by the end, there's like five members. So, the main guy is being, uh, what is the word? Is being told, Hey, we gotta follow the plans of our military leaders, are there uh, uh otherwise they're going to kill us or something? We gotta, we gotta, we gotta conquer Earth. And so the military, uh, the, the, um, the head frog is like, okay, like we got to make a plan, but it's usually some ridiculous plan. And then hijinks ensue. It's mo it's a lot of, it's a lot of melodrama within the platoon itself. 
and it's usually foiled by the by the the people that the head frog lives with Mm -hmm. and because because the guy who likes to rib get it because frogs rib on the the leader frog the guy who ribs on that leader frog has like a crush on the person that the leader frog is living with then pretty much nothing goes nothing happens within the episode like no no invasion whatsoever happens and that's the structure of an episode mm-hmm. that's kind of like pinky in the brain mm-hmm. yep I've only seen a tiny bit of it. Maybe one episode. There was a time when Spielberg was just like doing the most artful animation on television. Because it was was Pinky and the Braid and um, Freakazoid and Animaniacs. And it was like these, it was like the first time that I remember as a kid, like somebody approaching animation is like, we're going to do this. This is going to be as expensive as a movie basically it was like such high quality stuff like the the yeah. anime the animation itself the writing the performances each episode was like like a studio big studio production it felt like yeah yeah didn't and, someone like big voice the brain i can't remember dude, can't <laughs> remember dude this was this was like what like 30 years ago probably yeah. um let me look that up i can't I'm, I, yeah, I think so. Pinky was Rob Pinky Paulson. Was... Pinky was Rob Paulson, and then, um, no, I think the brain was Mar- Maurice Lamarche. Uh, nah, maybe I'm getting it wrong then. No, but he looks well. It's based on Orson Welles. Oh, that, yeah, that yeah. may be what you're thinking of. Yeah, I think that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, um. But yeah, men, men don't know that. But men, men's over here watching Sergeant Frog. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's been a while since I've seen it. Okay. It was, last time I saw it was like 2015, and then I was like, "Oh well, I'm. I think I've aged out of the show." But I, it still, it still has a, a big heart in my heart, big love in my heart for that show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have a soft spot yeah. for it. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, that's like all the stuff from when we were kids. Like, you know, you always remember that the good times, even when it's just entertainment that you watch alone in your house as a as a fat yeah. boy, as a fat boy. Yeah, just, <laughs> just remembering watching. You know, every yeah. week, every weekend, waiting for Toonami to air a new episode of Dragon Ball Z, or um, yeah, you got a you got a bag of hot Cheetos, you got a glass of milk. And you're ready for entertainment. Yeah. Well, yeah, the the Mexican child's speedball. <laughs> yeah. Hot cheese flaming hot Cheetos and a glass Cheetos. of milk. <laughs> yeah. Mint, you do any you ever do any drugs? What's, what's the wild side look like for you? I like dabs. <laughs> dabs. <laughs> Pretty much. Dabs. Yeah. Sometimes alcohol. You know what's fun? You, that the uh, now you mentioned that subject. Uh, what's funny? A lot of my movie reviews, I'm completely sober because if I'm high, then it's hard for me to recall any information quickly, and I just want to be able to say the thoughts that I have 
as quickly as quickly and as coherently as possible without so much dead air that it's it's makes me cringe just listening to myself i mean watching a video that i make makes me cringe all the time but makes me less cringe if i'm sober doing it but what's fascinating the comments all the comments are like oh is she drunk is she high is she drunk is she high and i'm like you guys don't know what drunk or high looks like then like at all right. maybe it's <laughs> no i'm completely sober yeah you're just autistic i think yeah be, yeah yeah you know i don't think i'm speaking out of school autistic boobs but or maybe that's an you know an ironic name who knows i'm 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 autistic and i have boobs i mean on <laughs> youtube i'm not going by autistic boobs it's just youtube.com slash asu presents so that's doesn't really say oh i'm autistic but I that's feel true like... yeah i'm sorry yeah that's that's your like twitter handle you're yeah i think you're like public facing profile is mint salad at ase presents is the youtube yeah. channel yeah yeah it's just it's just fun i i it's just it makes me wonder oh i wonder if people actually know what a drunk or a high person looks like right like, just at all yeah i do it makes me feel like the <laughs> it just makes me feel that people's perceptions and of other people's mind states are inaccurate or maybe it's so different from what they're used to that the only thing they can compare it to is being drunk or high but drunk people drunk people and high people are different than just sober me like i know what i act like when i'm high and it's not in those videos if i if i was high i'd be like stumbling through my words and trying to stumbling to figure out what i'm going to come up with um yeah, seem, i mean i already do like that normally sober <laughs> yeah. you say? what were you gonna say Drew? Said, so you seem like you squint when you're high like that mm-hmm. yeah like a yeah black or chinese yeah well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean that's that's a good tell yeah i guess i also have like light sensitivity so um if I'm filming in, in like during a sunny day, then I'll tend to squint more just because it's hard for me to take in all of the light information just from the sun itself. The sun's it's, pretty it's bright. Little, the sun is yeah. really bright. It's, is that like so a sensory thing? Yeah, it's a sensory thing. Like my, It physically hurts for me to open my eyes if I'm outside and it's too bright. Like I have to squint. Okay. Nice. Yeah. So dabs, maybe a little booze here and there. You never, you never done mushrooms. Acid. Oh, I've done those. Yeah, okay. I've done those. Yeah, it's not often. Yeah, you don't want to do them off. You don't want to. You don't want to end up like me. You know. Yeah. You don't want to. I don't want my 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 brain to become a fried egg. Well, I would yeah. actually. That'd be pretty nice. I'd no, you know, brain. I've I've been there. I've I've been. I've that's happened to me. So is not fun um and it's it can be quite devastating you can lose a lot going through that but i've talked about that enough on the show before uh folks will know about that um <clears throat> anyway so what do, so what do you what, what are you doing these days like what are your goals what are you looking at what are you looking to work my on my goal 
my goals comic books more specifically become a colorist uh for other people's comic books but i'm like making my own comic books just work in progress stuff just working on stuff working on comic books um i don't really have much information on it right at this moment but just working on that um just gonna keep doing the movie reviews the ultimate goal is to five thousand movie reviews um because mm. ten thousand hours makes you an expert at something and i want to be an expert movie watcher and also the purpose of watching the movies is to have like composition in my head for various projects like comic books or like posters just like a a digital artist like i i plan my my entire life i want to be like when i'm 60 or 80 or whatever i want to just be drawing every day that's mm-hmm. the goal and i want to get amass all this media knowledge when i'm young just just learn just keep on learning so i can like make the best art cuz art lives forever art well good art will live forever uh orson welles is dead mm-hmm. citizen kane still exists and everyone loves citizen kane because it's such it's so it's such a great piece of art uh, artistic cinema it's great versus uh just bad art doesn't live very long and middling art no one pays attention to um so i want to create truly great art so the just my end goal is to make great art in whatever form that comes out in like um like comic books is immediate but i'm sure eventually later on in my life when i don't i don't have any idea what could happen um well you're you know because life's like that you're on the you know the most successful uh, podcast on the the billionaire podcast network. Ching bing 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 bing. Did he fill her up? Uh, so you know you're gonna be you're gonna be getting some numbers after this. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, numbers. You're get the the Dalton bump. Mm-hmm, the Dalton bump. I like numbers okay. and letters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like both. Yeah, I like numbers, letters, colors, shapes. Big fan <laughs> of all the of all these yeah, things. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Okay, so you're you're trying to draw more, do color color work, um, but you've only started reading comics within the last year. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I'm also, yeah, the comic books. I have so much to learn about comic book layouts, but when it comes to, like art, um, before comic books, I was mostly focused on improving my ability to draw anatomy, and. Like I did, I did community college. I with and like my focus, other than the core classes that I had to take, was doing like graphic design classes, and that taught me a lot about colors as well, and design concepts. And red, just yellow, up, blue, green. yeah, and just yeah. just growing up, um, I learned about a lot about colors via being taught oh well this is the primary color palette this is the secondary color palette or just like testing it just practice lots of practice so i've been really focused in colors pretty much my entire life and 
also drawing. Uh, but I feel like I'm stronger with colors, honestly. That's one of the jobs yeah. in a comic book. It's not like you yeah. know, you're the guy who pencils it, the inker, the colorist. Yeah, um, it is such an important job. I didn't know it was a job until last year. Have you seen Chasing Amy? Uh, no, but I want. Wait, actually, yes, I have seen Chasing Amy. Oh my goodness, I have. I saw it last year. I remember a lot of people telling me about Chasing Amy. They're like, oh, you gotta go watch Chasing Amy. And then I was like, oh, I haven't seen Chasing Amy. And then I finally watched it and I liked it. Um, oh man, I can't, I can't remember what it's about, honestly. It's probably it's about, a lesbian. It's about, it's about a guy who tries to turn a lesbian. I guess the central plot is <laughs> Ben Affleck tries to turn uh, Joey Lauren Adams into being straight. Oh. Um, yeah. I guess this is before bisexual people existed. Mm. So the uh, the idea of a woman who usually dates women now dating a man is scandalous amongst her group of uh, lesbians. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, but you know it's also he he's a comic book writer and Jason Lee plays his uh or I think Ben Affleck does like the writing and the pencils maybe or Jason huh. Lee is the anchor in the movie. So there's like this running joke that like. Jason Lee's character, they keep calling him a tracer. Like, you a tracer. Oh. You just trace. <laughs> yeah. It was like, it, you know, I brought it up because it's a whole movie about like people who make comic books and that mm. industry. But, you know, at the core of it, it's a love story about a man who tries to get a uh, lesbian to be in love with. <laughs> yeah. It's a hard feat. Yeah. We've all been I, there. Yeah. I think Kevin Smith is like, express complicated feelings about it lately now that he's gone woke you know uh, <laughs> the, uh it's, it's kind of an insensitive he, idea he looks so weird now that he's he, skinny i, I miss fat kevin when really fat people get skinny they do look strange it, it always happens like jonah hill looks insane now I feel um, like it what's... ages them like twenty years. Yeah, yeah. You know? It must be the fact that yeah, he's skinny and doesn't smoke weed anymore. Yeah, he, he doesn't smoke weed anymore. I think he yeah, quit. He, yeah, he quit. Yeah, he's he a husk quit. of his, his former self. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's they, I guess like every fat person that loses weight just ends up looking like fat bastard at the end of Goldmember. <laughs> like that really is like what <laughs> they so look the lesson like. is. Never lose weight for fat. Yeah, honestly, no. Yeah, because like fat, being fat, I've been like pretty fat. My there's been like times in my life when I'm like I'm like up and down. Like as you know, as Robert Kelly would say, I'm probably on my like fourth fat. You know, mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but being fat does like keep everything youthful. And then when you lose the weight, you you know you age, but you're like you're healthier. You just look older right yeah but being fat you look younger but will die sooner you know it's a curse there's no there's no old fat people you know there's no yeah but you you die with joy in your heart yeah you die jolly in your stomachs yeah yeah you die jolly like james gandolfini he had a smile on his face after the (laughs) (laughs) on that i think the the oldest fat person has to be santa claus Mm -hmm. and he doesn't exist (laughs) <laughs> or Buddha. Yeah. Is Buddha dead? Did he die canonically? Mm, I don't know. Or did he like ascend to heaven? 
Oh, wait, no, they have they have reincarnation. Reincarnation, yeah. And that yeah, book, so Lord, Buddha's, that book, Buddha's out there. Yeah, that book, Lord of Light, by Roger Zelazny. Yeah, everybody's immortal and just gets reincarnated, but it's not, you know, supernatural. It's all like based in science, but it's a confusing book. God, um, I hope that's real so bad. <laughs> well, the you know the plot of the book is that the actual the Buddha character actually wants to be gone, and so he's actually dead, but then he gets ripped out of the nirvana and brought back to the planet and he's like what the fuck and they're like we need <laughs> you we need you sam um and so his name is sam it's like short for like sam sam something some sam martha sam ding dong or something anyway forget <laughs> it. it's it's a dense confusing book it's really good though um but um what was i saying we 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 gotta wrap up soon. We we we've been doing almost two hours. I know Mint's got to get back to uh, watching a movie. What are you what are you watching tonight, Mint? Tombstone. Tombstone's oh, good. Tombstone. Good. Yeah. You gonna <clears throat> cook up a tombstone pizza to go with it? Ah, <laughs> I should have got one of those. Yeah, those my are good. car's been stuck in the snow, but nice. otherwise I would have done that. What kind of car you drive? A a, a Prius. Ooh. Yeah. Great gas mileage. I don't have to, uh, not a lot of mechanical issues I have to deal with. Should pretty nice. Yeah. Nice saving the planet. I'm not care. I don't care about the planet. I care about my wallet. Yeah, I mean, and my wallet is saved because of the gas mileage. Yeah, <laughs> I lo- I lost everything because of the drugs, but I'm coming back with a vengeance. Uh, <laughs> oh, so you're watching. <laughs> You're watching Tombstone. What's your uh? I guess we can wrap up with this. So out of everything you've done, you've been you've watched what like a thousand movies now. You've been uh, I've like five hundred in a row, five hundred plus actually. I've done like seven hundred as of to date, but Whoa. yeah, the goal is to keep going until I have five thousand. Probably more movies than I've seen. I'm not like a particularly a cinephile. Um. And you so you're doing that. You're doing Fansly. Plug. Go ahead and plug your Fansly. What is that? Um, Fansly.com/slash/titsmintsalad. Slash titsmintsalad. Fansly.com yes. slash titsmintsalad. Tits like tits. Like titties, yes. Breasts, yeah, like jugs, hooters, honkers, yeah. knockers, <laughs> fun bags, sweater puppies, uh, meat heat, booba, sweater meat heat, sweater meat heat, yes. Yeah. So, yeah um, I get, and um yeah, I guess we could wrap we'll wrap up with this, man. Uh so out of everything everything you've done, all the movies you watch, what, what what would you say is your favorite? Temple Grandin. Uh and a close second, Doctor Strange Love. Nice. Yeah. Temple Grandin, she's like she, Temple Grandin's like the original horse girl, right? Uh she's an autistic lady who got fascinated into uh got fascinated by cattle and revolutionized the cattle industry. Um, went from a bunch of cattle prodder, uh, cattle prodders slapping the cattle, trying to get them to be in line. And then Temple Grandin came in and was like, Oh, well, actually, here's they do this naturally. So, what if we took their natural propensity to do uh, travel in herds and it would make them less stressed and the meat would taste good and it would reduce cost because you wouldn't have to 
pay for cattle prodders. And it took a lot of people to give her faith. And she's like autistic, deeply autistic. So it was hard for her to explain in like normal communication words her idea. But she was able to uh, set up a blueprint and be like, okay, here's the idea. And it worked. And she's, it's, I think it's a biography. I think it's what it's called. Yeah, a biopic. A biopic, biopic. Yeah. Yeah. Some people say biopic, but that's like a medical procedure, I think, like a biopsy. A biopic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. Okay. Um, who? So wait, who plays her in the movie again? I haven't seen this oh. movie. I don't remember. I don't remember who plays her. I just remember Temple Grandin. <laughs> it was a TV. Oh, uh, directed by Mick Jackson, Claire Danes. Okay. I've never seen this, and it's been a long, long time since I've seen Doctor Strangelove, but you like that? You like Kubrick? Yeah. Great satire. Excellent satire. And like, oh man, this would totally happen if there was nuclear war, and we wouldn't know anything about it because the government would not notify the citizens first. Instead, they would just try to deal with things internally first, and by the time that the 20 minutes were up to fix all this nuclear bomb stuff and it wasn't fixed, we'd all be dead and we wouldn't even know. So mm-hmm. I really like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I gotta go back. I gotta rewatch that because it's, it's been... I haven't seen it since I was a, a lad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think was, it was college for me. Yeah, like a teenager is when I saw it because I, I got really into Kubrick as a teen. Like I, I watched The Clockwork Orange and The Shining... Eyes Wide Shut. <clears throat> I've seen Eyes Wide Shut. I haven't seen the other ones. Cockroach Orange is rough. That's a tough one to to watch. Mm-hmm. I love that movie, but it's it's definitely it's very violent and very like which one? Clockwork Orange. Clockwork Orange. Yeah, it's very like exploitation. Yeah. Uh, there's very brutal uh, depiction of sexual violence in that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then what? What else? You know, two thousand one. Uh, Barry Full, Linden. Barry Linden. I, I've probably seen Full Metal Jacket like a thousand times. Yeah, same. Yeah, yeah. Well, Drew, yeah, you were military. Probably inspired you. Like, damn, I want to be. Dude, honestly, abused. yeah. I want to be abused in basic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This this looks like a cool life. Um, yeah, yeah no, I probably watched the basic part of that movie like a hundred times before. Yeah, I actually... it's such a weird thing. Like, so many people like. It, you know, it's, I'm not the first person to say this, but it is like two different movies in one. He did yeah. that a lot. Like he, he has a lot of movies where it's kind of like two in one. Um, and yeah, for a lot of people, they'll just watch like the first half and be like, "Well, it's a, that's that was the movie," <laughs> and they just like don't even bother with the Vietnam part, which is like the actual catharsis of the film is actually go <laughs> going to Vietnam and seeing like how just disorganized and fucked up it was and uh that like all this stuff like the the rigorous training they went through (laughs) just in no way was preparing them for what was going on in vietnam at the time basic was just the prologue of what the real meat and potatoes were you know yeah well in that movie it's interesting because like basic training is worse than what's happening in vietnam like it's much it's much more brutal and visceral and hellish than the yeah. second half of the movie even though the second half is where there's more like 
death and violence it's it's look there's like levity to it whereas like the basic training part as you know i mean i don't know like gunnery sergeant hartman definitely is is hitting us with some bangers some of the funniest <laughs> shit that has ever been said in a movie but yeah, it's also man. like a, such a tense like you're so anxious during that whole uh section of the movie especially as private pile is going crazy um being abused um man that that might be something worth watching this full metal jacket uh i'll have to but, check it out yes it's very good um <laughs> do you suck dicks bullshit i bet you just suck <laughs> a golf ball through a card nose <laughs> um i guess i got temple grandin go back and rewatch dr strange yeah um, I plug my stuff. I have like a specific outro. That yes, I do do your plugs, and then we'll 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 end the show. All right. Uh, I do daily movie reviews every day at seven p.m. ET on YouTube.com/slash AST Presents. I do movie review requests for twenty dollars. Patreon.com/slash AST Presents. If you want to help support the daily grindiness of all them daily movie reviews, you can check out my Linktree linktr dot ee slash Titsman Salad. That's where all my links are. Nice. Tits Mint Salad. Yes. Mint, mint. Thank you so much for doing this. It was fun. Yeah, it was an honor. Thank I'm you, a, man. Yeah, and I'm I'm glad you, we got to actually meet and talk. And I'm not just some weird guy who made a a, a video about your uh, <laughs> your boobies. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Glad we could have a chat too. Yes, yes, this is this is very fun, and uh, you're you're welcome to come back anytime and talk about, you know, give us some updates on the things you've consumed. <laughs> Go read Animal yeah. Man. Go read Animal Man. I shall then. By Grant Morrison. <laughs> I'm gonna read Animal Man. Animal Man is very good. Animal Man, Dark Knight Returns, Watchmen, Swamp Thing, Daredevil, um, Drew, Dork Court. Next episode's tomorrow. Um, Are you guys finally getting Butterly? Dude, he canceled on us to do uh, Legion of Skanks. Okay, so who's who's coming on tomorrow at what eight? Well, this this ain't going until Tuesday. So yeah, I think it's going to be tomorrow at eight or eight thirty. Um, the the fill in guest is Renee Fuentes, good friend, funny comedian, and um. Another comedian I met not too long ago named Ethan. Last name I can't remember, but he's going to be on the show and he's going to be funny as fuck. Um, yeah. Nice. I guess it's already, you can watch the rerun on twitch.com slash light Kool-Aid. Mm-hmm. Cool. And then maybe Butterly will will get off his ass and come do it at some point. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I, <laughs> <laughs> that's why I didn't uh, want to say anything. Yeah, sorry. Tits. Oh, she left. T- <laughs> <laughs> Folks, Tits Mint Salad ASE presents Dork Court. <laughs> she just bad. I've, I've had enough of this shit. Oh, man. Uh, so thank, thank you, everyone. I love you. And. <laughs> <laughs>